All right, I want to invite everybody to come have a seat. Merry belated Christmas. Happy New Year. Go ahead and grab a seat, settle in. All right, we're going to we're going to open we're going to turn your turn your attention towards the screens and we're going to open up with a short video here. So what did you do? I tried to walk away, but he wouldn't stop pushing me. So I pushed him so hard he fell down. And that's why you were punished. Did you expect something different? But even Torah says eye for eye. Why should I be punished too? Yes, but that is for a judge. You were hardly in a court of law. And you, all of you, are to be special. You are to act differently than others. You tell us to be gentle, but Rabbi Josiah said Messiah would lead us against the Romans, that he would be a great military leader. It is important to respect your teachers and honor your parents. And Rabbi Josiah is a smart man. But many times, smart men lack wisdom. Is there anything in scripture that says Messiah will be a great military leader? There are many things about scripture that you cannot understand yet. And that is okay. That is fine. You have many years ahead of you. God does not reveal all things at once. But children, what if many of the things that our people think about how we are to behave and how we are to treat one another are wrong? You want things to be fair. When someone wrongs you, you want to right it. And you know who else loves justice? But what does the Lord say in the law of Moses? about justice and vengeance. Vengeance is mine. Yes, very good. Very good. Boys, pay attention. She doesn't even go to Torah class, huh? <laughs> the Lord loves justice. But maybe it is not ours to handle. And God says he will have compassion on his people when... What? Let's see if someone who studies this at school is learning, huh? When their strength is gone? Yes, very good. So, maybe we let God provide the justice. Hmm? Maybe we handle these things in a different way, not trying to be the strongest all the time. Even Messiah? You will have to see. But do not expect Messiah to arrive in Jerusalem on a tall horse carrying weapons. And he will be most pleased with those of you who are the peacemakers. This is my reason for being here. I still don't understand. What is your reason for being here? I'm telling you this because even though you are children and the elders in your life have lived longer, many times adults need the faith of children. And if you hold on to this faith really tightly, someday soon, you will understand all of what I'm saying to you. But you ask an important question, Abigail. What is my reason for being here? And the answer is for all of you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Isaiah. Isaiah. I have loved spending this time with you. You are all so very special. And I hope that my next students ask the same questions you do and that they listen to my answers. But I suspect they do not have the understanding you do. And I hope that when the time comes, they will tell others about me, like you have. It's beautiful, isn't it? And and I know I know there's, there there is some creative license taken there, right? Not all that was straight out of scripture. But what a what a beautiful interaction. And it really sets the tone for, for where I want to go this morning uh, in reading out of Matthew 11. I'm just going to go, jump straight in here, Matthew 11. Uh, and we're not going to read through the whole chapter, but there's a similar question that's asked as that little little girl that said, so what are, what, what are you here for? What, what are your intentions? But this question was asked at the beginning of Matthew 11 by John the Baptist, who is in prison. He's about to be beheaded. He didn't know that yet. But he sent some of his followers to Jesus saying, are you really the one or should we look for another? And Jesus, Jesus talking to the people, to, to John the Baptist's disciples, but also to the people who are around at that point. It, Matthew 11 is, a, is, is what comes out of that question. And I don't want to read all of it right now, and we probably won't have time to, to read all, all of Matthew 11, but I want to start in verse 25, uh, and then we'll go back and give a little bit of context. But in verse 25, it says, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father. For this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And he says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the first thing that Jesus says when, when John the Baptist's disciples come to him and ask that question, are you really one or, or should we look for another? The first thing he says is, look, look around you, what do you see? The blind are seeing, the lame are walking, the lepers are being healed. People are being raised from the dead. The gospel is being preached to the poor. 
so so if if you you know he in that video he ended with Isaiah 61 Jesus is saying I am Isaiah 61 that's a list that came straight out of Isaiah 61 you are seeing the prophets fulfilled in my life in my ministry but it's not it's you know it's 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 clear what Jesus is saying, but it's hard to digest because he ends that statement by saying, and blessed is the one who doesn't take offense. There, there is something hard, even offensive, about yielding to this king, yielding to the gospel that he brings, this gospel of repentance, which is what, the, what John the Baptist, too, was proclaiming. Jesus goes on to talk about, you know, John the Baptist, and he says, this isn't, this isn't some weak pansy that you're looking at here. This is, a, this, is a, this is a prophet unlike any other who have come, because he came to prepare the way for me. And, and Jesus, Jesus makes this statement that's actually hard for me to understand. It may, be, it may be clear to you, but it's hard for me to understand, because G, Jesus makes this statement uh, about the kingdom, and, and and he says, "Let me see this. This is this is in verse twelve. It says, from the j- days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it." I don't totally understand uh, understand the, the the unpacking of this, but that word forcefully advance, there is pressure. There is something that is taking power to move the gospel, to move the kingdom along. And, and the, the violence part, I don't totally understand, right? Because Jesus came to bring peace. But there is something there. And, and if you look even at John the Baptist's life, living in the desert, camel's hair, locusts and honey, proclaiming a gospel of repentance, being thrown in jail, being beheaded, there, there is something, there is an intensity to this picture that John the Baptist is living living out in the kingdom, is there not? Is that is that is that is that more intense than any of us are living right now? It is, it is. Forcefully advancing, and then he goes on to talk. Uh, he actually turns turns his his attention to the surrounding towns. He's actually in Galilee right now. This is his hometown where he grew up. And, and he turns his attention and, and, and makes a, a, a prophetic statement that's very hard. It, it, it has, a, has a very sharp edge. And he says, woe to you surrounding towns. You have seen and experienced the power of God and you have not repented. You've seen my goodness. You've seen my grace. You've seen my love. You've seen my power. And you have not repented. Sodom is going to be in better shape on the day of judgment than you are. That's hard. There is an edge to that. But what I want you to, what I want you, what I want us to take hold of in that statement is what was he looking for? Repentance. He's looking for repentance. And 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 many times we see repentance as something that's ugly and dirty and yucky, but actually repentance is beautiful. Repentance ushers in the kingdom. Repentance is, is something that causes the Lord's heart to turn. He, he, there is mercy in a place of repentance. There's grace in a place of repentance. He, 
And then it's, it's actually after that statement of it's going to be more bearable for Sodom than for these surrounding towns. That's where Jesus, all of a sudden, I don't know what, what, what causes him to think about this. I don't know if there's kids running around in their midst or if it's an interaction like this that we saw on the, on the screen that had recently happened. I don't know, but there's something that clicked inside of Jesus. And he just, he starts interacting with his father and he rejoices saying, you have hidden these things, the kingdom, repentance. You've hidden these things from the wise and from the learned, and you've revealed them to children. Uh, another thing I forgot to mention about, about Jesus' rejection in his hometown, you know, we, we, in this journey, uh, this sermon series of the journey, uh, something that was unpacked and is really, really beautiful and as Marla was, was doing the, her, her Mary monologue of whenever, whenever somebody, in, in, in Galilee, it's like, have you heard about this new, this new guy who's on the scene? You're like, oh yeah, who is he? It's Jesus. Jesus who? Joseph and, Joseph and Mary. They're like, oh yeah. <laughs> you remember that fiasco? Had a baby before she was married. How embarrassing. That's, that's, that's Jesus in his hometown. He's Jesus of Mary and Joseph, carpenter's son, born out of wedlock. But there's something about these, these a childlike heart, children themselves that Jesus just starts rejoicing in, in this passage. So I just want to say, what what is it? What What is it about? God choosing to reveal the kingdom to children and hiding it from the wise and from the learned. And hey, we live in Boston, right? We live, we live, we live in the Mecca, at least in America, of academia. And and I want you to I want you to look into the eyes of this king. And these eyes burn a fire that says, Don't bow the knee. To, to humankind who demands to define truth, who demands to define reality by what they say it is. Don't bow your knee to them. I am the one who defines what is true. I'm the one who defines what is real. And, and, and that's not to, you know, we, we grow, we learn, we gain skills. We, we, we have tools that we, that we serve people with. So, so I don't believe that he is attacking someone who's going to school, that he is attacking a professor. He's not attacking a doctor. But I believe that he is saying, you can't worship me and worship the wisdom of man. You can't worship me and, 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 and follow these people who hold up their, their, their uh, philosophies and their pieces of paper and say, this is what you're going to embrace or else. You can't serve both. I, uh, I, I did a little experiment uh, uh, last night. I, I told my kid, I invited Noah and Hosanna, so Noah's eight, Hosanna's five. I invited them to go uh, pick out my outfit. I said, go to my closet. I want you to pick out a shirt and pants, shoes, so they, they went, and they, they, were, they were laughing and having fun, and it was fun to listen to them pick out, and I didn't know what I was going to come to church in this morning. Um, and uh, 
The reason I did it, I, 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 I told Sarah, I kind of chickened out on part of it, but um, I, I told, I, I, so are, do kids have a very, depending, some of it's personality, but kids have this really, uh, either it's non-existent or very, very minimal, like, image management, Right? And, and, and especially in younger years, you know, we, I was trying to go through my mind, what are some different styles nowadays? And I thought hipster, and then I thought past hipster, I don't know any current styles. <laughs> I go back to like high school. And when I was in high school, you're, you're either preppy, you're grunge, goth, or cowboy from Oklahoma. <laughs> so I don't know what the styles are right now other than hipster. But, but, for, but, for, but for kids, the, the, and you'll, you'll know what I mean if you have kids in, in younger elementary age, the style is my favorite pants and my favorite shirt and combing your hair or anything like that is optional. Probably not, not, uh, not desired, right? And so you can walk out the door wearing whatever, right? And, and as long as it's comfortable, we're good. Um, and so I told Sarah I was going to get out of bed and not do my hair this morning. And I, that's the part that I chickened out on. <laughs> I took a shower and I did comb it a little bit. No product, though. That, that was my compromise. No product this morning. <laughs> No, but ser- seriously, uh, image image management is is like I don't. At some point, as we grow, it's like an app that just starts running in the background and really takes over our life. What will, what do, what do people think? Comparison. Am I am I am I, am I am am I seen as a success? Defensiveness when defensiveness isn't isn't warranted because I'm afraid that somebody's attacking my value, my worth. It's something that it's something that we wrestle with. I wrestle with. I, I I relate to this very much, and I believe it's something that the Lord is is calling us to to continue to press into Him and say, Lord, would you refine this out of me? Would you would you allow me to live worshiping you, serving others, but not with eyes on myself, managing my image? Uh, another thing that uh, about kids is. They live in the moment uh, to the point where, you know, not even thinking about what we're having for lunch until my stomach says I'm hungry. I mean, that's how in the moment my kids live, right? You don't have to think about anything until I need it right now. And sometimes that causes problems, right? Because I need it right now. <laughs> but how, how, how well do we live in the moment? Being able to... to Respond to the Lord, respond to the people around us in the moment versus wrestling with what's happened in the past, wrestling with anxiety about what's coming up in the future. Again, that's, 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 that, that's, it might not be something that we're, all, we're consciously recognizing in our minds, but it consumes so much energy, doesn't it? It consumes attention. It consumes energy, and when 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 there's when there's regret and shame uh, that that is injected into that mix, it causes us to pull away from relationship. Another thing that that's so beautiful about kids as you hang out with them is there there's a unique ability that they have to give. Uh, and it's 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 really interesting. Kids wear their selfishness on their sleeve. I mean, it's 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 very obvious to see, and they'll vocalize it. But there's also this this ability to give radically, 
Uh, you know, it's uh, there, there's been. I remember uh, a scenario when we when we lived in Uganda, where uh, some friends of ours, some some local friends of ours, th- their son gave my son a toy uh, as a gift. He just was was wanting to bless our son, and he gave him a gift, and it happened to be the only toy that this boy owned. And uh, and it was it was beautiful. And uh, and I can't remember whether we suggested it or, or Noah spontaneously said, "Hey, I want to give him one of my toys," and he picked up, picked out one of one of his most special toys. And the first thing out of my mouth was, "Well, maybe you could give him something else." And here I was hedging, recognizing what had just happened. I was hedging because I knew that that was his favorite, whatever. And he was he was going to be happy to give it away, and, and uh, I feel like there's so many little expressions of this. Uh, something really recent was uh, I forgot to ask my daughter if I could share this story. Baby, can I share share a story? Thanks, honey. <laughs> um, uh, we were we were out looking at gingerbread houses downtown uh, on Christmas Eve day. It was during the day. And we we uh, walked by a couple of uh, a couple a man and a woman that had their made their uh, had had their stuff sitting on the ground had some signs asking for money. One of the one of the woman was lying down sleeping uh, on the ground, and and we walked by, and Hosanna said, "Why are we walking by?" And and I, I wasn't totally tuned in. Uh, I had my I had uh, Justice or, or or Illy in my arms. And and she wouldn't let it go. She she just said she started getting agitated and said, "Why are we walking by them?" And so uh, Sarah had to stop. And uh, we went back and we and we interacted with them, and we heard, learned a little bit of their story and and loved on them. And there's just something um, that that was uh, it was it was my there's something in my daughter's heart that was sensitive that she wasn't willing to walk by and and. Uh, I don't know. I just think that's an, uh, another an example of just uh, a sensitivity, a gener- It's not just generosity, but a sensitivity, a compassion uh, to love the people around us. And uh, I want us to be challenged by our kids uh, and invite them into. As the Lord is calling us to live generously, will you invite your kids into helping you as a family? Learn what it means to live generously, and I guarantee you, you're going to be challenged. They're going to make some suggestions <laughs> that you might not be comfortable with. And hey, dialogue with them, process with them, but be but let yourself be challenged by the the radical the the radicalness of how they want to give and how they want to how they see and love the people around them. All right, let's let's land here, verse twenty-eight. So, so from this place of rejoicing over God choosing to reveal the kingdom to children, and, and then he says, actually, nobody knows the Father except the Son, and whom what the Son chooses to reveal to the Father. So, there is something that has been laid at Jesus' feet, given to Jesus, and that is the freedom to reveal the Father. And and what kind what 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 do you think Jesus is looking for? And when he's saying, "Who who can I reveal the kingdom to? Who can I reveal the Father to?" Children, 
childlikeness. That's what he's looking for. And, and, and in 1 Peter, uh, there's this amazing verse where it's talking about the, the, the revealing of the mystery of, of, of Christ and, and the prophets searching the scriptures and us, you know, holding in our hand this treasure. And, and it says it's something into which heavenly beings long to look. It's not just a treasure here, what the Lord is offering us and revealing the Father and giving us his kingdom. This is something that, that even beyond this physical earth, that, that heaven itself longs to hold and understand. We are being invited into something that is so beautiful and so big. It dwarfs, it dwarfs our comparisons, right? It dwarfs our image management. It dwarfs the things that, want, that, that keep us back from, from giving radically, from loving radically, from fear and anxiety. And here's Jesus who says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to invite Christopher and the band to come. We're going to worship a little bit more. And the invitation is, is right here. It's Jesus saying, are you wrestling with questions saying, are you real, Jesus? My life is a hundred times harder than I thought it would be if I said I was going to follow you. Are you really the one? Are you, are you fighting battles that are, that, are, that are more intense than you ever thought they could have been? Are you feeling that the, the, the force of, of this battle as the kingdom is advancing? Are you sick and tired of these of these things that are that, that are controlling your heart and your mind? Anxiety, image management, comparison, fear. Jesus is saying, "Come to me." Are you are, are you a student who are, are are you going to school and all your friends are talking about video games that you've said, "I'm not going to play those." They're talking about movies and you're like, "I'm not going to watch those movies." Uh, are, are are they talking about the the are they are they degrading? The relationships and the and the beauty of intimacy and you, and you said I'm not going to go there I'm I'm going to walk away and you're feeling alone and and, and like I'm tired of this I I feel like I'm I'm wanting to follow you Jesus but I this this is hard He says come to me I have a treasure for you I have a treasure for you it's it's it's, it's me it's my kingdom it's my Father it's in this place of humility. In this place of rest, just just like holding holding the baby, resting against my chest. This is where the kingdom is right here. And my yoke. This is my yoke. My yoke is good news to the poor, binding up the brokenhearted, freedom to the captive, release from darkness for the prisoner, comforting those who mourn bestowing on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That's his yoke. That's the yoke that he's inviting you to take on as children.